Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rural Monticello. This is Sunday, February the 6th, 2022, the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. This broadcast is sponsored by an anonymous donor. Join us on our website at waynezion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning and welcome to this fifth Sunday after Epiphany. We are so glad to have you with us, especially our listeners on KMCH 94.7 FM. Thank you for joining us here where we're worshiping in this beautiful sanctuary at Wayne Zion Lutheran Church. And so let us begin our time together with confession and forgiveness. You'll find this in your hymnal if you'll open to the front cover, page 94, page 94 in the front. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things that we've done and things that we've failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your Spirit so that we may live and serve you in the newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Will you join with me? Most holy God, the earth is filled with your glory, and before you angels and saints stand in awe. Enlarge our vision to see your power at work in the world, and by your grace make us heralds of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. In the year of King Uriah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, wrote Isaiah. High and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. Two of them covered their faces. Two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And the one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots of the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs, the seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go 
before us, and I said, Here I am, send me. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Our psalm for this uh, fifth Sunday after Epiphany comes from Psalm 138. Let's read this responsibly. I'll read the odd verses if the congregation will read the even verses in the dark print. I give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name because of your steadfast love and faithfulness. For you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called you, answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the rulers of the earth will praise you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. I will sing the ways of the Lord, that great is glory of the Lord. The Lord is high, yet cares for the lowly, perceiving the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. You will make good your purpose for me, O Lord. Your steadfast love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, world without end. Amen. Our second reading comes from Paul's letter, first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, beginning at the first verse. Paul writes, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, and which you also stand, through which also you are being saved If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as the first importance that I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Last of all, as one of the untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called apostle, because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim and so we have come to believe. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to to God. Once while Jesus was standing beside Lake Garnset, And the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. And he asked him to put it out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master... We have worked all night long, but have not caught a thing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. 
When they had let down this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down to Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the revealing Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Two things really speak to me as I think about the scriptures that we have just read that have been handed to us, that the same scriptures that are going to be read throughout the liturgical church on this beautiful Sunday morning as we ponder what is it that God is saying to us through Christ? What is the message that the Lord wants us to hear, the, the gift that we're to receive And so as a humble and humiliated pastor, I take a stab at this and I say, I believe there are two things that kind of come to my attention. The first is our unworthiness. Our unworthiness. We are so easy to point our fingers at ourselves and say, I'm not worthy. Yet God calls what we call unworthy, worthy. That God sees us as his precious children when we see all the sinfulness within us. The second message that I sense out of this is God chooses whom God chooses. God chooses whom he chooses to come to us through others or for us to go to others. And just maybe God is choosing us to speak the truth of God's love to others this day. In remembering the, stall, the story of Saul from last Sunday, we uh, took a look at Acts, although that wasn't one of our assigned texts, but it was so important for us to understand where Paul was coming from when he was talking about God's love is kind and patient, is, is a love that never forces itself, but this agape love. And, and that was Paul that was sharing this message. And if you remember, we were talking about Paul's previous life, for he was the one who was going out and, and trying to find the people who were called the way that would be the Christians, those Jews who had turned to Christianity and following Jesus and saying he's the Messiah. They would be the Gentiles, the heathens, who are now are following the way, who are Christians, who are unworthy. And Christ says that they're worthy. Remembering that story that Saul persecuted others. And God spoke to Saul directly through the risen and unseen Lord. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul's response, not seeing, by this time he's blinded by the glorious light. Is that you, Lord? 
Paul would receive later the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that he did wasn't to take food, for he'd gone three days without food or water, but he got up to be baptized. And Paul would go on later to the region of Macedonia, and he would write 13 letters that make up of the 27 books of the New Testament. God used Saul and the ugliness in his early years and turned it into something very, very beautiful. But I think we have some things in common, don't we, with Saul, that we too find ourselves unworthy, that we're sinners. But let me remind us that Luther says, yeah, we're sinners, we're filthy rags, we don't even deserve God's grace. But remember, we're made in the image of God, both male and female, and that we're saints. And that God loves God's creation. And the most precious jewel in that creation, if you read that story from the book of Genesis and you get all the way down there to the ninth day, God said in creating humankind, it is very good. And just like God who chooses Abraham, well, although I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, he chose Abram. You remember the story of Abram and Sarai? As you go back into the scriptures in, in Genesis, there's nothing special about Abraham. But God chose Abraham to go. To go where God would direct him to go. The one thing that Abram had going for himself is he was willing to listen to God and trust. How many of us are willing to trust? And just like God caused Abram, who also had a name change from Abram and Sarai, the two go together, Abraham and Sarah. We, too, just might be chosen by God to share something important, like our faith, the way we live out our lives. I know I've often said that sometimes the only Bible that one will read may be your life and the way that you live out your life. Oh, we're not perfect. Remember, we're both saints and sinners, but where do we put our trust and our hope? Steve Dornbush, a, a good friend, a retired pastor from Minneapolis, Minnesota, now living in the Anamosa area, is a part of my text study that I attend to every Tuesday morning, and Steve shared with me just the other day at the text study and reminded me of an insight that I had shared I had shared several months ago, maybe it was years, how a family had come to me. And yes, I'm a pastor, but I wouldn't have to be a pastor. I just happened to be a pastor. But they came to me as pastor, but I responded to them as Wade. And they said, um, let's see, and, and they could have said this to anyone. They said, uh, we've lost our faith. That we've lost our faith. With everything, all the circumstances that have surrounded our situation as a family, we've lost our faith. And I would have said this even if I wasn't a pastor, and I said, let me have enough faith for you. Sometimes we do lose our faith. Something happens in life, and we're hurting. And we don't understand, why is this happening to me? And that's when 
we have to trust and allow ourselves, and I'm so glad that this couple came to me, yes, as pastor, but I would have said the same thing as friend on the street. Let me have enough faith for you right now. Yes, you're hurting. And that was something I shared without much thought, considering all their circumstances. And then I'm trying to read my notes, folks. I'm sorry. Um, Luther, I learned this is exactly what the family... Oh, later, Luther. Sorry, I'm a Lutheran pastor, right? Later, I learned this is exactly what the family needed to hear. Pastors are less than perfect. I want you to know that. And when they're flawed, their reality can be scary. It can be scary for them and for the people that they serve. But with enough humility and enough openness, they can receive good and excellent counseling from others. God may be using you to minister to your pastor, to me. God may be sending you to share your faith with our confirmation students. One of the most wonderful things that we have happening here over the years at Wayne Zion is the faith formation nights in which we've had people come and, and speak. Why is your faith important to you? Pete, I think you and Diane came, didn't you, at one time and, and uh, spoke to our confirmation students. Many times they don't know uh, the parishioners who come there. Some do. Uh, but what's interesting is after they go through faith formation and they hear our guest speakers talk, they now know you and they see you in church and why your faith is important to you. And I've, it's been amazing, the blessing that I've seen of folks from sitting in the pews on Sunday going and sharing with our students. How many have, a, have an opportunity to say that or do that? Why is your faith important to you? How do you put that in words? And what does that mean? And it's been beautiful. I've never had a, people say, Pastor, I don't know what to talk about. I said, don't worry. It's your story. Uh, it's not a story that anyone can deny you. It's, it's where you come. It's your cloth. And we're all part of this beautiful tapestry. And so thank you for allowing us to hear your story. And so this coming Lent, we have another opportunity. Some of you are going to be asked to be mentors for our students in confirmation. Our Lenten project this year is going to be making crosses. If you remember a couple years back, we had mentors meet with our students, and the question that I posed to them is, why did Jesus have to die on a cross? A cross. What is the meaning behind crucifixion and how horrible that was? And it was important to have a, an adult and a child working together on that because it can be pretty gory and, and thinking about that. And, uh, and as a result, their project was then to create this cross. I, I wish I would have brought, maybe I will uh, one day bring those crosses back in here because um, some of them donated them to the church. They're beautiful. And... Uh, I, I remember this one that uh, Tristan Weirs did. It's in our confirmation room. It stands about this high. It's made out of barn wood, old barn boards. But then he took, he took two-by-fours of different thickness and different widths, and he painted them all a different color. And he glued them on there, and then he took barbed wire that you would see on a fence along the country road and made a crown around it, 
and then put those initials, here is the king of the Jews. And he tells about how Jesus died for everyone. And all those colors in those blocks represent, it looked like the Partridge family bush. You remember that on TV? And uh, it was just beautiful that Jesus died for everyone. In the end, as I think about these stories and opportunities to share our faith and to walk with our students to explore why Jesus had to die on a cross, in the end, Jesus is pushing us to see our flaws and our shortcomings not as weaknesses but as opportunities for us to open ourselves up and trust God at work in us, to use us in a very special way. Some of you know I have a spiritual director. I don't think she'd mind my sharing it. Uh, Sister Joellen Price uh, from Dubuque uh, Diocese, uh, a wonderful uh, individual who is helping me connect with um, my relationship uh, with the Lord. And uh, one of the things that she challenged me on was, what do you see in yourself? Let's see, now how do I do that? What... In yourself, do you love where God is present? What do you love about God being present in you? There you go. What do you love about God's presence in you? We've been made in the image of God, right? And so when you think about it, when we were baptized, we were baptized in the water. We were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We were sealed by the Holy Spirit. We were marked with the cross of Christ forever. And it is God's will. And, and we are born again new children. And so what is it about God in us? God above us, behind us, below us, in us. I find some beautiful things within me. And, it, and you go, where did that come from? That didn't come from me. You ever have that? Where did that come from? Is God at work in you? And, and you remember the prophet Isaiah? He certainly felt unworthy. He said, woe is me. I'm lost. I'm, I have unclean lips. I live among unclean people. Isn't it all of us? And the seraph removed his guilt, took the coal from the altar, and touched his lips, and he blotted out all his son, sin, never to be seen or remembered by God again. And this gives us hope, for there is grace for that. Both Saul and Paul and Isaiah were chosen by God to bring God's truth, to bring God's love to those who needed it most. God's love is to be shared with a weary world. It is a tired world. Turn on the news. I can't believe it. I used to live in the Twin Cities. Uh, children, shooting children in Richfield, Minnesota. I mean, that's just, that's just outside of Bloomington. That's just outside of Minneapolis. That's, what, what is that? You turn on the TV and, and people are taking people's lives. No, no. This world is weary. We're to share the good news. May we too go forth and to share our faith and to live our faith. I love these banners. Share your faith and live your faith. This is the time of epiphany. This is the time to let people know 
And it doesn't have to be with our lips. It can be with our actions. Remember, um, the saint said, uh, um, preach the gospel often, but only use words if necessary. Francis of Assisi. And so we have to remember that our faith comes from God alone and strengthens us. And so if you're feeling unworthy, if you're feeling, why is God choosing me? Um, God does. God finds us very worthy. And God chooses us because God calls us by name and loves us. And I want us to remember this as we walk further into this time after Epiphany. To me, this is the gospel of the Lord that put on my heart for you this morning. Amen. Let us share the faith, our affirmation of our faith. You'll find this in the Apostles' Creed. You can find this on page 105 in the front of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the prayers of the church. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance, so we pray boldly for the church, the world, and all that God has made. Equip your church to proclaim the good news that we have first received, the forgiveness and the grace shown to us through Jesus Christ. Send us out as apostles sharing the hope of your salvation with a waiting and a weary world. God of grace, hear our prayer. Holy are you, O God of hosts. Heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Reveal your splendor to the fiery sunsets in the deep blue twilights of the heavenly skies. Teach us to recognize the beauty of our natural world. God of grace, Soften the hearts of rulers and of governments that they perceive and attend to the needs of their people. Remove corruption and the impulse toward violence. Protect first responders. Military personnel, we lift specifically Ben Harms, David Frankford, Trevor Owen, Dustin Starn, who risk their lives in service for others. God of grace, your steadfast love endures forever. Do not abandon those who look to you for hope and healing. Bless doctors and nurses, social workers and therapists and hospice workers and all caregivers. Draw near to those who are scared, who are sick, or who are in pain. We specially lift before you this day Carol and Gwen, Kalenda and Marty, Andy and Deb, Diane, Floyd and Jay, Marlene, Jim, Digger. And Lord, for... Vicar Holly Naus and her work with St. Peter and Paul, we pray for encouragement for her. God of grace, hear our prayer. The disciples receive help from partners as they brought in the abundant catch of fish. So strengthen this congregation's partnership with community organizations, especially the Monticello and the Anamosa Ministerial Associations. Multiply our shared efforts and bring joy to our relationships. God of grace, 
We give thanks for our ancestors in faith who boldly answered your call. By their example, give us courage to live in faith and proclaim your, your mercy until the day that you gather us into your glory. God of grace, since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all our prayers to you, spoken and unspoken, in confidence and faith through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. We're so glad to have you uh, with us. Pete, thank you uh, for being our accompanist. And I think that's it, other than our Lenten theme is already up in front of us. Uh, we'll be focusing on Psalm 1, the tree of life. I believe that's all the announcements that I have. And so let me offer this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. Amen. Go with Christ into a weary world and share the good news. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734. All rights reserved.